93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And good weekend to you. Glad that you have tuned in to the CEO Roundtable Show here on the Eagle 93.9. I uh, appreciate you guys uh, joining us this weekend. We've got a couple of great guests, and we're going to talk about a storyline here in Columbia that has uh, been impacting local business for many years. But uh, we're going to kind of talk, take it from a different uh, vantage point and, and talk to you about crime in Columbia and violence in Columbia. And uh, I'm very pleased to welcome uh, two folks that are uh, very involved with the Boone County Community Against Violence. Uh, a, f- a former guest of the show, Shonda Hamilton. Shonda, great to have you uh, with us. Uh, thank, you. thank you for being here. And someone I've known for probably 30 years, Scott Crystal. Thank you for coming into the studio. Uh, Scott is the owner of Colonial Mercantile oh. here in Columbia and a very active volunteer. Well, thanks. It's great to be here. Very good. And you're usually on the wrong side of issues, but this one, you're really, you're on the right side. I mean, it was bound to happen. <laughs> but anyway, good to have you. You and I were on the KOPN board together. Many, yeah, a long years time ago. when I first yeah. moved to Columbia. Yeah. So anyway, it's uh, um, looks Quite like the introduction. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think they're doing okay, but uh, who knows? Um, but I, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what's happening um there there's there's several things happening in columbia boone county's uh criminal justice ecosystem and um uh shonda you uh are the mother of a very beautiful young girl uh uh 18 year old uh nadria right did i pronounce her first name right no i I know you're proud of me (laughs) Uh, uh and uh she was uh uh, murdered back in September of 2019. Yes. A Columbia College student, very promising feature. Tell us a little bit about Nadria and then the circumstances that uh, led to her being murdered. Okay. Let's see. A little bit about Nadria. Uh, she's you know, 18-year-old student at Columbia College. Um, she just graduated from uh, Battle High School. We moved back from Dallas in 20. 20- 18 she wanted to come back to columbia to graduate she loved columbia we lived here previously before Mm -hmm. she had a lot of friends we had other have uh, siblings here as well she had siblings here had other children and um it was just a community that she really loved Mm -hmm. she um we moved her in from st louis in 2008 she was in first grade at the time and she just really acclimated to columbia Mm -hmm. uh was involved in a lot of things sports um she excelled in school um was on did different activities, extracurricular activities. She did community activities. Um, she ran for Blue Thunder track team. She uh, loved school, loved people. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she was going to be a va- nurse, right? She was. Yeah, training to be a nurse at mm-hmm. Columbia College. Mm-hmm. And she was working at least part-time out of, uh, what, what was the name of the, the senior facility out on King Street? Solstice. Solstice. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people that lived there loved her. Yes. And uh, I think they, uh, they really... Uh, uh, spoke the the world of her and and I think they they were very supportive of a scholarship effort I think to yes. the, to at Columbia College and mm-hmm. and uh, and so sh- uh, she decided one night that uh, she was ready uh, she wanted a snack uh, she was ready to go get something to eat and so and you know 
you think about it a thousand times how many how many of us do the exact same thing and you just think you don't you don't really give much thought to it but anyway <laughs> she ran to the mcdonald's on business loop uh she couldn't find her glasses so uh, a friend gave her a ride yes she All had right. uh, lost her glasses a couple days prior <clears throat> she stopped by my house uh that wednesday and um i said well go straight home you know it's starting to get dark earlier now Mm -hmm. and i said i don't need you driving as soon as you get off of work you need to go straight back to your dorm Mm -hmm. um i don't want you driving in the evenings because you can't see very well right she did have a thing for a milkshake she loved having late night snacks she was um an avid runner healthy uh her health is really a runner her drinks milkshakes you gotta you gotta <laughs> admire that i mean really yeah she won't yeah. be running yeah that's, she loves yeah. sweets yeah okay <laughs> but uh it worked for her you know because uh-huh. she worked out all the time exercise. yes uh-huh. <laughs> so it was okay for her and so she did want um to go get something you know we have snapchat and you can see where everyone's location is mm-hmm. and so she saw someone that she knew who had been part of our family um through a, a relative of mine and um so she was closest. Yeah. Asked him for a ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For a ride to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, on the way to McDonald's, I guess they were followed from McDonald's from, I don't know at what point it was, he was picked up at, yeah. but uh, followed to McDonald's. And then once they left McDonald's, that point yeah. is whenever they were. Yeah. And uh, the driver of the car was the actual target from, from what I understand, from news accounts that I read yes. at the time. But unfortunately, uh, uh, Nadria was uh, hit, and uh, it it ended up costing her her life. Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, you and I have talked uh, at, at great length on previous uh, editions of this program about the emotions that surround that. But you have really sort of turned those emotions into good in our community, and and um, you're you're doing some very positive things with it. Um, you you started something called the Boone County Community. Uh, against violence and uh, tell us a little bit about that organization and and uh, you've brought Scott Crystal along with you who is uh, uh, volunteering and helping and and uh, uh, helping you sort of get some things done in this community where, where they they badly need to be done um, what is the mission of Boone County Community Against mm-hmm. Violence our mission really um is surrounded by families. So let me go back real quick. You had yeah. asked about how like got started. Yeah, I wanted to say when I started the the organization, I really didn't know what I was really doing. Yeah, um, and it's just kind of transformed over the years, and mm-hmm. that's been with me from the very beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so because he's a good friend of mine, yeah. and so he's just always been. And so when I first when it first started, um, we had a um, a, a health fair. Mm-hmm. And we had people there for mental health. And the main thing that we were doing was stop the bleed. Yeah. So that was the first thing. The first thing I could think of, there was someone on the scene. They really didn't know what to do. They had, um, they knew the other guy's family members. So they went, told them, called the ambulance. Mm-hmm. and uh, I guess he called that. But anyway, he was there. He didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, later, it was someone I knew who I grew up with. He didn't know that was my daughter. And he just like, I'm so sorry. And yeah. I, I just didn't know what to do. So I thought it was really important that when we have those situations that people are prepared or have some type of knowledge on what to do if they are with someone. And so this is really the very first stage of triage. This is uh, 
taking measures that if mm-hmm. someone has been shot or stabbed, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, you stop the bleeding, which usually leads to that person's death. And and there are kits uh, that around the community that you can you can pick up that have what you need uh, in these kits to to stop the bleeding. And and so um, and so your goal is sort of like teaching people CPR. Yeah. Uh, if you see someone that has a heart attack, uh, here's how you do CPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you see someone, you know, we're doing the same thing with Narcan in our community. If you see someone that's had a drug overdose, here's Narcan and here's how you can save this person's life. And I guess there is a belief that uh, if if someone receives this stop the bleed first aid fairly quickly, it mm-hmm. could save their lives. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so this was a, an opportunity to educate more people in the community because mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's... It, <laughs> It seems like no matter what we do, these incidences of violence are going to continue to happen in our community. I hope not, but it just seems like it's almost inevitable at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if, if, if something unfortunate happens to someone you love, here's something you could do to save their life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it started. And uh, again, so after we did that, then people said, what are you going to do next? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that was something that happened because it was just really close to my heart and it just happened. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, if, if people knew, I don't, I didn't want that to happen to someone else. And so, um, I don't want to say our mission's changed. Our mission's always been the same. and It's always been family-oriented mm-hmm. around families and also being a resource to people in the community and to be able to do those different types of trainings as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but so we currently, we do a lot of advocacy for people who are going through the uh, court systems. Uh, we go to court with people. and We get them to other resources because we don't do everything. We yeah. are advocates, so we're not actually the people who are going to do your counseling, or we're not going to be the people who are going to go you know, pay a utility. We're not the people who are going to go and um, buy food or get you groceries, but yeah. we do want to stay connected to other organizations in the community mm-hmm. to help do that. We do um, do referrals for We do referrals for counseling. Yeah. Again, like I said, and so we're going to talk more about that because mm-hmm. there's just so much going on. But let me ask you this question, and, and this is a question that you know, and and maybe this is inappropriate question for for this type of, of, of format. But you know, um, it, I think it's interesting uh, what uh, grief will do to you. You know, I, I'm I'm in the throes of grief over losing my wife at a young age yeah. after a very short illness, and and so I understand what the last three months of my life have been like. But but when you go back, you know, to those first three months, six months, one year. Uh, after uh, Nadria's murder, um, what did the grief was was this part of helping you deal with that grief? I think it was yes, yeah. yes, and that's how things kind of changed. You know, I had a lot of supportive friends uh, and family members as well, and so that's where we took our next step. And I thought about how so many people don't have people, mm-hmm. and um, you know, when you lose someone that you love, it's hard to get up and just keep going about your day. It's yep. hard to get up out of the bed. It's yep. hard to, you know, your mind is just not really there. Um, and even for me, and I'll tell this story, like for me, like Nature was just not my daughter, but she also was someone we were really close. Yep. She was always a really responsible. You considered each other best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and so always really responsible. So I know the first three months or four or five months or whatever, like my, my phone was disconnected. Yeah, I would not remember to pay my bills. Those certain things that she took care of. Yeah, you know, we just had the, you know 
she was probably the only child that was able to go into my account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be able to transfer yeah. money. Yeah. And to I know be able feeling. to take care of things. It was just me and her at the time at home. Yeah. And so we just had that type of relationship. And it's just all those things that come with that. And and I'm sure you know, it's like losing your wife. Like there's things that your wife did. Oh, yeah. That you Everything. now have to. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. She, yeah. she ran things. Yeah. And so uh, when you have that type of loss, it's really difficult. And yeah. so one of the things that happened and why I wanted to really help other people who were going through that was. Um, because I had so many supportive family and friends and they would come by and they would check on me and they'd take me to eat. I got really physically sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't know about like some of the health issues I had after that, not even mentally, but physically. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, Takes so, a toll so on you. yeah, a lot yeah. of people don't know a lot of things. I had never really talked about it right. except for with really close people who know. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I thought about those people and how can we help those people? Um, I know they're, they, give out numbers and go call this number we, we don't want to just give out a number and mm-hmm. just we do not just want to be a referral sor- source but a support as yeah. well yeah. so if we need to make that call for you people aren't going to go make those calls they're not yeah. going to get themselves set up for to talk to someone at least if we can get it started and initiate it for them and then hopefully the people that we're working with gets it continue that on for yeah. them so so scott you know this is a great a great opportunity to bring you into the conversation because uh you were you of course you were there as a friend for uh shonda but uh you've been involved in lots of community causes over the years and some very important things and you were recently on brandon rather show talking about the <laughs> uh the no names uh, movement uh, which uh, i think is a step in the right direction for you and uh <laughs> anyway but uh you know i think it's um uh tell us a little bit about what motivated you to get involved in this effort well for this particular one i've known shonda for a, probably almost as long as i've known you <laughs> right, actually Fred. right uh when she got back into town we had run into each other mm-hmm. and see the different things that had been going on and knowing some of what she just shared mm-hmm. i just wanted to get more and more involved to see where i could help out because i understand i've not really mentioned this particular thing and it had a very happy ending mm. uh my daughters have all left Columbia. They mm-hmm. went to school here and all yeah. that. And at one time, four were in New York. And the oldest one was talking to my wife at the time. And all of a sudden, the phone call just ended. Mm. Turned out she was mugged. Wow. Could not track her down. Could not find out what happened. Mm-hmm. Wife was getting really upset. Yeah. I didn't think it was as big a thing. I figured a power just went off on the phone. Yeah, yeah you were just being a dad. I was just being a dad. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we couldn't reach her boyfriend. We couldn't reach... Uh, her sisters or anything mm-hmm. like that, or they didn't know where she was. Mm-hmm. She finally was able to get a phone and said that somebody had basically jumped, jumped out of uh, like an alley type thing as she was walking home, mm-hmm. uh, stole her phone, and uh, she was lucky to get away. It turned out that it was a kid who was as scared as she was of the situation. Yeah, yeah. But there's so many other ways that this could have turned out poorly. And it becomes very, very personal. And I think that what tends to happen when things become so personal is that your your judgment gets a little clouded and uh and you kind of look around and and I think you so often come to the conclusion, you know what? I got a lot of friends but I, but I'm in this all by myself. You know what I mean? And it's and I think that it just from hearing you speak early and in, in other other programs and opportunities but you know, uh, I think that you saw that there were parents like you who needed support, who who needed a different type of 
of uh you know uh camaraderie so um when we come back from this break we'll, we'll talk a little bit about more about what boone county community of violence is, is against violence is doing but i'm, I'm also going to jump into a very unpopular subject and i'm going to talk about how the boone county criminal justice system failed your family and continues to fail families in our community and it is a major issue that nobody knows about and i i want to talk about that because it is it is horrific and especially for a parent who has lost a child. I'm visiting with Scott Crystal and uh, Shonda Hamilton. They are with the Boone County Community Against Violence. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation uh, and talk about the how the criminal justice system failed, failed uh, Nadria Wright. This is Fred Perry with the CEO Roundtable. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on 93.9 The Eagle. Welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Shonda Hamilton and Scott Crystal with the uh, Boone County Community uh, Against Violence uh, organization. And uh, uh, it's a 501c3 that you set up. Is that right? You, you yes, went right. to all the trouble of, of all that crazy paperwork and legal stuff. And so you're up and running. And uh, if uh, if people want to find out more about your organization and how they could support your efforts mm-hmm. to, to really help families that are going through this and and to somehow not stop violence in our community, which would be a great goal, but simply to reduce it right. and the impact of violence on people in our community. Uh, how do they find out more about you? So um, we're working on, the, we have a website and um, it has some information on there. Uh, we are going to be updating it. So you can really just email me at your BCCAV at gmail.com. Okay. And we're currently looking for more volunteers. We have a lot of things that we have coming up and um, we are going to be... Um, yeah, need more volunteers. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to talk just a little bit about uh, what has happened uh, since uh, Nadria was 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 murdered in uh, September of uh, 2019. Um, so, the cops immediately, the police immediately uh, knew who committed this crime. Correct, very shortly. Yeah, it wasn't too long afterwards that yeah. I, uh, I found out that the had located the person yeah or had an idea who the person was and uh so uh this person was arrested and jailed and uh they began the the path through our um criminal justice system and and you were preparing yourself uh for trial for this to go to trial and of course you were very interested and then you you show up at the courthouse for the trial and you find out that the boone county prosecutor or assistant prosecutor had made a plea deal mm-hmm. with this this guy who did he confess to murdering Nadria? No. But it was pretty certain they I mean they they knew they had their guy. Yes. So okay. I guess um he did an Alfred plea. And an Alfred plea basically is you confess without saying you did it. Okay. It's kind of like so uh usually it's used for like um White collar crimes? No, uh, drunk driving. Oh, drunk driving. So okay. you knew you committed this crime, but you can't really remember it because you were intoxicated. Hmm. Okay. So something like that. You don't actually have to say, I'm guilty, but you're saying you're guilty, but 
mm-hmm. you're not guilty because you don't really remember. Right. But this <laughs> was never discussed with you, the mother of the of the victim, uh, mm-hmm. victim yourself. Uh, this was something you found out when you sh- you showed. It. So they didn't have the courtesy to call you and say, "Hey, we've worked out a deal with this guy. We think this is in the best interest uh, of of the system and and." Uh, of uh, law and order and all that other stuff. Um, and so you show up to court and you find out that this guy has received, is it seven years? Is that correct? Yes. The offer plea was for seven years. Seven years for murder. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote a time column. Time served. Time served. Including time served. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it, so anyway, uh, we'll talk more about that. But, but uh, and and I just, uh, if you're interested in this month's in- edition of Inside Columbia Magazine, I have written my column uh, about this, about law and order in Columbia, Missouri. And I specifically mentioned uh, the case of uh, Nadria Wright. But, you know, I think that one of the things that is, that is uh, amazing to me is that, you know, when you look at the value of your daughter's life and... Uh, uh, and please don't start crying again in the studio here. But, uh, but anyway, I'm I'm I, I'm trying to be sensitive. But we also yeah. got to get through this yeah. program together, right? Yeah. And uh, but you know, seven years—what an insult! And uh, and that you didn't get the courtesy of knowing about it until you until you found out basically third hand. Yes. And the only reason why um, I found out about it then is it, I usually did WebEx because it was during the yeah. you know pandemic, yeah. and so I'd been to every single meeting with the office. I'd been to um, every court date, um, in person mm-hmm. and online. Mm-hmm. And this day, I, for some reason, I couldn't get into the system, so I ran down to the courthouse. Mm-hmm. And so, because um, I wanted to hear what was going on, and yeah. I thought it was going to be a discovery type of thing that was going to be happening because trial was supposed to happen that Monday. Yeah, and so. That's when I found out about it. The plea deal, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this is something, I, this was shocking, you know what I mean? And and the, the, the prosecutor in question was a guy named Morley Swingle, mm-hmm. uh, who had been the prosecutor in Cape Girardeau County, uh, has written seven novels, very interesting character. He had been hired and fired several times in his career. He got fired by Kim Gardner, of all people, mm-hmm. in St. Louis, you know, a very liberal prosecutor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, he's here in Boone County. And... Um, and I, I got to tell you, uh, I was a county commissioner when we approved his hiring and uh, his hiring at a pay grade above what normal prosecutors make. And so, I was going to say that. Yeah, he was well, here to you. close cases and yeah. he was hired at a, at a higher right. pay rate. And it's because Boone County had such a a backload of murder cases, mm-hmm. 30 murder cases mm-hmm. that had not been tried in Boone County. I think people are shocked to hear that there were 30 murders in Boone County, but to hear that there were, but and our police department has a very quick solve rate, you mm-hmm. know, but to find out that there were 30 murders that had not been prosecuted in, in, uh, in Boone County was, was shocking. And so one of the things in hiring Morley Swingle was to get, get these cases cleared, you know? And so, and so it, in my opinion, um, you know, some corners were cut, you know, yes. and, but then, you know, you think, okay, well, that was a one-time thing. And then you, you start reading about this man who was killed in Douglas Park over a $3 gambling debt over mm-hmm. dice, shot and killed. And then the Boone County Prosecutor's Office decides that they're going to drop his first-degree murder charges and instead charge him with manslaughter. Okay? So you're the mother, you know, mm-hmm. of, this, of this guy who got murdered. And his mother is still alive and lives here in Columbia. Yes. I saw her quoted in the paper a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. Uh, what can you tell us about that story? Is, is it similar to what happened with uh, Nadria Wright's um, it your is, daughter's murder? It's sounding like it, um, mm-hmm. that it is. And I don't know what really happened here. I was really hopeful that um, 
um, you know, I went through that process with them and I would just say this, that whole process, honestly, up until that day was going well. I was really hopeful. We had communication with the police department. We had communication uh, with the prosecuting attorney's office, um, constant email, telephone calls, just, you know, constant communication. And so... After Morley was gone and we have... Um, Morley uh, ended up leaving yes. Boone County? I don't know the circumstances under it, you know, around that, other than that he was all carrying his box out. So, <laughs> that's all I know. I was happy. So. Yeah, yeah. And so, I really hope that there was going to be some changes that were going to happen um, with victims in the community. Um, you would think, by the way, the public has the right to know what mm-hmm. happened to Morley Swingle, why yes. he left the Boone mm-hmm. County Prosecutor's Office. But not a word of it mentioned in the local media? No. Okay. Mm -mm. No press releases issued by the county? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have no idea why he left. Yeah. Uh, But so, you know, and and, and I know Roger Johnson and, you know. Who's the new prosecutor that that replaced uh, Dan Knight after Mm -hmm. his unfortunate suicide? Yes. Okay. And what's been your experience with Roger Johnson so far? So we've had a really great experience with Roger Johnson. He's actually done, um, we've done an event with him. Mm-hmm. So when he came, <laughs> he reached out whenever he, uh, right before he actually became the prosecuting attorney. And so we've done a town hall with him. We mm-hmm. invited people in the community because we wanted answers. And he himself we, was critical of the Boone County Prosecutor's Office because he's he, worked for, he'd worked there for several years mm-hmm. and he had decided he was going to challenge Dan Knight yes. uh, in an election yes. for that position. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so you kind of knew where he was coming from. Yes. He had sort of a front row seat. Mm-hmm. And have you been pleased? so far with your interaction with Roger Johnson? I have been pleased with him. We have, um, so this was surprising to hear this. About this latest case? Yes. Uh-huh. And I don't know all the circumstances around yep. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, because like I said, so early on, we've been in contact with him. We've had meetings with him. He's held a town hall because, so I challenged him to uh, talk to the community, let the community come and ask you any questions they want to ask you that you're able to answer, you know, with the extent of, that you're able to answer the law mm-hmm. that you're able to give and so he's really been upfront with us for the most part every time we've always talked to him mm-hmm. uh, we've given suggestions I mean we've even there's some things we want to do ourselves within or allow even not us the community um, we just don't know how we would do that I mean we like to have some oversight as well yeah. Yeah. with that yeah. office and just yeah. to see because we just want to know like what happened here what happened here just the same way they do with the police department right. and I feel like that something like that needs to happen there as well and so yeah. we've kind of talked about that and we have haven't got delved into it too much, but it's been brought up, and so I don't know the circumstances around here. But I do, I do have to say that um, the family, I do know the family. Yeah. Um, and uh, the guy's a really nice guy. Have you been able to talk to the family? I've talked to um, yes, yeah, sister. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Scott, you know, you're a successful businessman here in town, and and you've been around for a while. What I mean, when you look at at this kind of stuff happening in our community. Um, what is it about this story that motivates you to get involved? Well, part of my business is going to different people's na- homes and, and selling directly to the home. Mm-hmm. And, and it'll be in these different neighborhoods yeah. that we're talking about. And, mm-hmm. all. and so I get to hear firsthand things that aren't necessarily talked to the public about. Mm-hmm. People share their stories or what's going on. The for instance, you brought up about the three dollar uh, murder. Yeah, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with a lot of family members about that, mm-hmm. or in a business sense, and they would share 
some of their opinions and things and the shock of what was going on with mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. And so it just, again, reinforces the efforts that uh, Boone County Community Against Violence are trying to do. Yeah. To back up for a quick second to get back to Roger, Yeah. when we talked with Roger, he was very open and very eager to talk with the community. Mm-hmm. And I don't see any, that's changed at all. Okay. He, when we were talking and working with him to get the town hall, and we got several different organizations, the NAACP, League of Women Voters, mm-hmm. uh, and a few others to participate in this as a, just to help get it organized. And it was very, very well received. Mm-hmm. And this would have been just after he became, he became pro- right. officially became prosecutor. Right, right, right. So oh, that's good. I mean, I, I I would love for him to come on this program, and so mm-hmm. we can talk about. It. And I, you know, I know what happens with some of these cases, and and I strongly suspect that they were just not able to find any witnesses that would corroborate what happened in Douglas Park that night. You know, and I and I realize and that, that makes their job tougher. You know what I mean? And and uh, that's that's another issue. And and is that something that you think? I mean, look, when there is black on black crime in our community, it's it's hard to get people to corroborate. It's hard to get people to talk. I mean, because nobody likes a snitch, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, is that something that uh, that as a coalition you can you can address? Um, I guess we can try to change the mind frames. And um, we've also worked with um, um, crime stoppers, mm-hmm. and so to let people know that if you do call in, you're not actually talking to the police department, right? Um, it is truly anonymous, right? And so, um, yeah, we have kind of promoted that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And I think sometimes I, I just don't know why. Come, you know, it didn't happen with me. Right. Whenever Nature was killed, I didn't have that problem at all. Right. I had like lots of people calling in, lots of people calling me. You had witnesses. Mm-hmm. Well, not even witnesses, just from hearsay. Just yeah, even yeah. giving information oh, what yeah. they possibly could have heard. Yeah. But they and they were calling you, but not the police department. Oh, they were calling the police department too. <laughs> okay, good. Well, lucky you. <laughs> lucky you. Yeah. Yes, I, I unfortunately didn't have. And the set, but I hope I know other families and mothers who have. Um, children who have been killed and they don't have you know they don't have they don't have any suspects yeah at all yeah and they haven't called and just a week after i had a friend of mine whose daughter was killed and of um another friend of two of them both her children were killed the following week wow that following saturday oh. and neither one of those parents have had um anyone arrested yeah nothing no suspect at all yeah and so i really feel for those parents i i fortunately didn't that it happened to me you know but uh so yeah we really definitely have to try to change the way and it's trust though mm-hmm. it's also about trust yeah and not feeling safe yeah. so if you go and call and say something like okay because i'm gonna tell you something this is what happened to me like so i would give information when i would get information i would tell anyone who called me and said or text whatever um i'm gonna give this information to the police department mm-hmm um, if for some reason that they need to know, I would do it anonymously. But if for some reason they need to know, you have to be okay with me telling who told me. Yeah. And everyone would say, okay. Yeah. So in our court case, there was someone's name that was brought up who didn't have anything to do with it. Come to find out he was in jail at the time. Mm-hmm. But my name was brought up um, by the uh, defendant's attorney mm-hmm. and said that Shonda Hamilton said that this person killed her daughter. Mm. And this person, you know, is someone who also was known to, um, you know, 
have issues in the community. Mm-hmm. So it's those type of fears there that make it um, people afraid to also, yeah, absolutely to go and say yeah. anything. We are visiting with Shonda Hamilton and Scott Crystal, uh, both with the Boone County Community Against Violence. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to get some advice from Shonda for if you're a parent out there, and and uh, we're going to get a little bit of advice, and we're going to we're going to talk a little bit more about the the Boone County Prosecutor's Office. All of that and more is coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle. She said her name was emergency and asked to see my gun. Said her telephone number was 911. Got brother Jimmy. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on 93.9 The Eagle. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the CEO Roundtable. Thank you for tuning in this weekend. I'm Fred Perry. We uh, appreciate you being with us. Uh, this is a very interesting story to me because, uh, you know, if you if you're vested in this community, if you if you've got uh, if you want to see Columbia continue to thrive in Boone County, um, we've got to do something about the crime problem in our community, and we do have a crime problem, and uh, it is uh, something that we are going to have to address as a community, and uh, the solutions are going to have to come from within the community, and and uh, so we've we've got a long ways to go. Uh, you and I chatted earlier this week about what was happening in Dallas. I heard an interview uh, this week with the, the mayor of Dallas. It did, has that shown up on your radar at all, uh, Shonda? In terms of you know, Dallas supposedly has had a you know basically a 20 percent decrease year over year in crime for the last three years uh has that shown up on your radar do you know what they're doing down there i don't we did talk about that i was going to look into that yeah well well, Mm -hmm. i would encourage people to do a little bit of google searching and and find out what's happening in dallas but they're, they're very proud of the fact that they've been able to reduce violent crime one of the things they're probably doing is working with organizations as well. A little more collaboration, yeah, <laughs> probably all right. so. All right, yeah. and uh, okay, so um, it, it's really interesting. And just a little side note, you know, I uh, it, it it's been sort of fascinating to sort of watch the evolution of Shonda Hamilton. Uh, you first came on the radio program when I was filling in for another Eagle host, and and you came on with James Gray. So you really didn't get to say a word, you know, because because <laughs> anybody that comes on with James Gray doesn't get to say a word. But but. Um, you know, I got I got to say you were uh, you were somewhat meek back then, but you really. I mean, I'm not a very smart guy, but I know not to mess with you. I mean, you you are a force to be reckoned with and and you're passionate about this. And have you seen yourself change in 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 the last 3 or 4 years? Well, so I was probably grieving. I'm still grieving. Yeah, sure. And are. it was just some early it was early on, but um I've never really been meek. I've always been I've been quiet. <laughs> well relatively compared to now. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've always been that way. And so uh and honestly that's how Nadria was too. People and that's why she was able to do so many things that she did. Yeah. She was uh, she was a little itty bitty thing that was really quiet. They used to call her tiny but mighty. Uh-huh. Because yeah. she was uh yeah. But she yeah. was very I guess meek's not really a compliment. Yeah. But you know, you really, uh, I've just seen you become more and more passionate about mm-hmm. this and as you, as you work to address the problem and, and you know, a lot of people retreat, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We just say, yeah, I, I, this is, uh, I, I'm a victim of this. I, I'm going to crawl into a cave somewhere and, and, uh, and not be a part of the solution. And so, um, you know, it can happen to anybody's children. And so I never thought it would happen to me. Yeah. You know, uh, I worked really hard with my children. I have four children. She was the youngest, and I worked really hard. 
just to make sure that they were uh, good citizens in the community mm-hmm. and to do right by people and mm-hmm. to, and you know, I always used to tell my children, um, if you do good, good things will come. Well, and that isn't the case, but I still, and I had a grand, you know, grandchildren and I tell it to them too. And so I don't want them, I don't want to deter them to think that everyone in the world is bad and that, you know, um, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really, uh, um, what, what advice would you give to, uh, parents out there that are raising teenagers right now um is there is i mean i I, there's really nothing you probably could have done differently but but what advice would you give to parents uh who you know might be in a similar predicament Mm -hmm. so no i don't think i could have done anything differently because one of the things i look back on i was i wish that was a time she didn't listen to me Mm mm-hmm she was um, not in my home, um, and I asked her not to do something, and she didn't do it. And she mm-hmm. could have done it, and I would have never known. Yeah. And so, but, I mean, I feel like that just says and speaks some volumes about her and mm-hmm. who she is. Yeah. I asked her not to drive after dark because mm-hmm. she could hurt herself or someone else. Yeah. And she didn't do that. Yeah. And so, really, what I think the biggest thing is communication um, is really important. One of the things that we're going to be working on here soon, we're in, looking into doing quite a few things. We just finished up a partnership with Ragtag for the past two years, and we've shown documentaries over two years, and we've had discussions. And so that's really been a lot, you know, um, that we've been doing. So we're going to be um, also, I'm a family, uh, have a family development credential to work with families with goal setting. So parents and their children. So that's one of the things we're going to be focusing on, um, do some collaborations, hopefully with the library, um, mm-hmm. have a couple um, different sessions um, here in the fall. We're working on some things with mental health and the collaboration with violence yeah. and um so we have quite a few things that we are yeah. going to be working on so again we focus on family and so when you ask what you can do as a parent i think that communication and honesty and understanding uh you know teenagers are going to be teenagers but also being aware and knowing who your children are yeah don't overlook something that you know uh, you know like you said me and nature were fan- friends but at the same time we had those boundaries sure. as a parent and a child yeah and um but she was able to come and talk to me about you mm-hmm. know you know about things and yeah. so i think that's really the biggest thing is um yeah it's okay to be your parent your child's friend but having those boundaries and also listening and communicating with your children yeah because uh, sometimes your t- children are teachers of you. My children used to tell me all the time. They're like, you know, um, I like, you know, I I would give them not. I don't want to talk about the parenting style. <laughs> I won't get into that or whatever. It's kind but of a no-win situation. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes Anybody I have who's to stop and listen. Knows that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we love to say, yeah. um, it's because I said so. Yeah, you know what I mean. You yeah. don't do that because I said so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. yeah. Right. So really explaining and talking to your children, like, yeah, why. tell them the reason why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go a little deeper. And, and everybody has different. Yeah, they have. And we're different, on a hurry. Right. You know. Yeah. So. Parenting styles are different, but that's what I think would be the biggest thing is just having a communication with them and. Sometimes children don't want to uh, uh, talk to you. Yeah. So we're we're hoping um, again, like I said, with this goal setting, um, it is a parent and child or children mm-hmm. um, goal setting, and then you have an opportunity to kind of see what the goals are for yeah. your um, child, mm-hmm. and even as a parent.
The National Weather Service in St. Louis has issued a severe thunderstorm warning for southwestern Rawls County in northeastern Missouri, northeastern Audrain County, northeastern Montgomery County, southeastern Monroe County in northeastern Missouri, southwestern Pike County in northeastern Missouri, until 8.30 a.m. At 7.50 a.m., a severe thunderstorm was located near Ladonia, moving southeast at 60 miles per hour. Expected hazards include 60 miles per hour wind gusts. This is a radar indicated threat. The following impacts are expected. Expect damage to roofs, siding, and trees. Locations impacted include Bowling Green, Vandalia, Santa Fe, Perry, Ladonia, Farber, Curryville, Torrance, New Hartford, Middletown, Rush Hill, St. Clement, and Ashley. For your protection, move to an interior room on the lowest floor of a building. Uh, in in um, Columbia, in Boone County, um, what would you? What would you? Well, particularly with the criminal justice system, what would you change? <sighs> Uh, I know I'm not supposed to say criminal anymore. I'm supposed to say with the justice involved. The justice involved. Yeah, but I don't really buy into that stuff. And <laughs> and so, um, what 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 would you do about the system? What would you change about it? Um. Well, I don't really have a lot of facts to be able to say. Well, one of the things is just really having that open line. Again, I'm just a big communicator, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. I believe in that. Talking to families, really yeah. letting them know what it is, making them understand, and maybe that's something that we need to do. Yeah. Um. As an organization as yeah. well, is how do we um, change this where people understand? And, you know, kind of like we have, like, uh, talk about health literacy. Maybe we need to have something with the judicial literacy. Yeah. So that people really know what's going on. A lot of people go and they're told things and they don't understand what they're really being told. And they say, okay. Yeah. You know, because it's not really explained as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Scott, why don't you... On the judicial process. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, why not? You know, mm-hmm. I think it's a healthy conversation. I mean, you see the amount of scrutiny that mm-hmm. the police department gets. Why isn't the prosecutor's office getting the exact same scrutiny? Why are we making decisions about criminals based on how full the jail is or how heavy the caseload is in, in the Boone County criminal justice system? I mean, those should not be excuses for going light on people. I, I mean... Yeah. The, our criminal justice system in Boone County, I think, and, and everywhere in the world, has become a little bit of a revolving door. You know what I mean? The, we our, 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 our correction system is not set up to really reform people, to help them become a better version of themselves. You know what I mean? And so they go in there and they, they meet some pretty hardened criminals. Yeah. And, and the rules of engagement inside mm-hmm. our correction system is, is very different. It's not something that can change you and make you a better person. And and so in right. some respects we're really failing. We're failing, you know. And that's something we've actually talked about um, uh, before with um, Roger Johnson. And so it's going to be a continued conversation. So when we have people come, and we've kind of been looking at it. We get a lot of uh, domestic abuse uh, calls, yeah, and most, so yeah. a lot of people doing um, orders of protection, things like that. So we have talked to him about that, and how could we? Because we understand that there's a lot of stuff going on. Domestic violence or any violence is not okay, uh, but there's a lot of factors that go into a lot of those things. A lot mm-hmm. of people have sometimes drug abuse um, issues, um, mental health issues. If we can try to help those people and, um, you know, um, get them into services mm-hmm. and maybe, and unfortunately, sometimes these are involving children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then here we go with the cycle with the child as well. Yeah. And so if we can try to get those um, 
kind of diversions with there, depending on what the circumstances are. Of course, yeah. now you can't just have almost, you know, beat your wife almost to death. And then we can say, oh, we're going to put you in something, you know, something yeah. maybe more needs to happen. But if they're kind of just beginning at these stages where these things are starting to happen, maybe we can try to get them into some services to be able to function as a family. Yeah. Again, we really are really uh, focused on a lot of family and having healthy families and to be able to raise healthy children and be able to hopefully decrease. That's how we're kind of looking at ways to be able to decrease violence yeah. as well. Scott, would you add anything to that? No, I think she summed it up really, yeah. really well. Right, very good. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to correct her either. I, I learned that the hard way just a few minutes ago. Yeah. So, uh, but, but you know, it, it's um, what, what is your relationship like with the Columbia Police Department? So, uh, well, Jeff Jones. A lot. Yep. He's it's gone a big loss now. For our, a big loss yes. for our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is really. Um, yeah, I have a lot of... Uh, now, there are some things that's happening. I don't know the answers to all of those things mm-hmm. that's happening right now. Uh, Give me an example of one thing that's happening well, right now you don't have an answer for. So, and I guess we're waiting to see um, the young man that was um, killed who was having a mental health crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've been talking about co-responders for a yeah. really long time yeah. again that goes back to i don't know working with organizations and things like that partnerships um, overall partnerships and gaining trust yeah and so things like that that's happening that's not how trust is going to be gained people yeah. are leery and so just really think got to figure out how we're going to do that and yeah. hopefully be able to well i salute you both for having the courage to stand up and and being being willing to make a difference in our community i mean it's we don't have enough people like you and uh Columbia needs more people like you guys. Shonda thank Hamilton, uh, Scott Crystal, thank you for joining us. Thank Boone you. Boone County you. Community Against Violence. Uh, uh, please uh, check them out online. And uh, you can certainly, uh, uh, by all means, uh, get involved and help and be a part of the solution instead of being uh, just afraid. This is Fred Perry signing off for another edition of the CEO Roundtable. I'll see you back again next weekend, Saturday morning, Sunday evening, right here on the Eagle 93.9. This city is my city. And I love it, yeah I love it, I was born and raised